Somehow, some way, the Preds are still in the playoff conversation. The latest coming with a 2-1 overtime win over the Seattle Kraken. Take that, Ellie Tolvanen. We'll talk about how the Predators did last night and look ahead to Saturday's game, also against the Kraken, today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available wherever you get your podcast. And on YouTube, also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. We made it to Friday, Ann. We did. A whole week of hockey, and we're wrapping it up. I but wait, there's like, more. I feel like there's a minor achievement <laughs> it uh, is. in there. Uh, especially when you put it in the context of last night's game, uh, you were there and credit to you for not falling asleep. Uh, I'm sure you really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, predators versus Kraken, just kind of a, a fine game with a good result. Yes. I think that's a lovely way to put it. It was not the most exciting game. I was telling you before we were recording, I got to bring one of my dear friends who's never been to a hockey game, super excited to, you know, bring her and have her experience Nashville Predators hockey. And she loved all the times we say suck and all of that kind of thing. But it also really wasn't, I'm like, come back for another one. Yeah. <laughs> like I promise you, like if you come back for another one, there's more goal scoring, there's more action. This was, you know, maybe not the best gateway game for yeah. somebody who, who wants to become a Nashville Predators fan. But like you said, you know what, in the end, Predators got two points. And isn't that what it really all boils down to at this point in the year? Yeah, it's, it's like a city council meeting uh, to get a new park. Like it's like it's important. Like that's an important council meeting. <laughs> Getting the end result is absolutely fantastic. But do you really want to sit through like three hours of that being discussed? That is an amazing analogy. Yeah, it was not what I expected. This yeah. was not a game. I I did not expect the game to go like this. But again. Friends, we just keep coming back to, in the end, the result is two points for the Nashville Predators. And like you said, somehow this morphed team ha is still in a playoff conversation. Yeah. Who would have thunk that? Yeah, well, there's two big reasons for that, I think. And we saw them both on display last night. And we will get to that in just a second. But first, quick recap. For those of you who didn't see the game, the Kraken got on the board first, uh, just three minutes into the first period. And we we're like, yep, this is uh, this is how it's going to go, huh? Yeah. Uh, UC Saros made some big saves as the game went on, though. Kiefer Sherwood, that guy is hot all of a sudden, got the Preds back on the board. 1-1, nothing in the third period, nothing on overtime, even though the Preds had a power play that was not 
that great. We'll go to a shootout. Matt Duchesne and Phil Tomasino score the only two goals of the shootout. UC Saros made a big save and got some help from the post. Preds win this one two to one. And one word to describe the game. So many of you know that several moons ago, I was involved in mixed martial arts, have a black belt in MMA and love it. Um, but one of the things that I competed in in uh, state tournaments was something called point sparring. And point sparring is, you know, two people, in, you know, in on the mat and you earn points by either landing a kick or landing a punch. But point sparring is very different than an MMA match. In an MMA match, there is like constant action, constant threat. You know, it is, you know, this, this hyped up consistent level of action. Point sparring is very different because when one of the people lands a punch or a kick, you take a break, you reset, and you start again. And so it's not as interesting Point sparring is not as interesting. It, it's a misnomer when you compete in it because you think, hey, MMA match. No, friends. This is like start, stop, start, stop. It is not entertaining to watch. And to me, that best describes this game last night. This was a point sparring match. This was not an MMA fight because, like you said, Daniel Sprung, he scored early about three minutes into the game, and you have this – premonition of, okay, this is what this game's going to be like. This is going to be offensive charges. This is going to be frantic defenses. This is going to be a lot of pressure. This is going to be back and forth. Friends, that was not the game we saw. That was not the game we saw. <laughs> this, this was a point sparring match. We're like, oh, maybe a little bit of a threat. Okay, reset. Okay, maybe a little bit of a threat. UC Soros makes a save. Okay, Reset. So it just, it was not the flow of a Nashville Predators Seattle Kraken game like we would have anticipated. This was a point sparring match. This was not an MMA fight. We'll see what Saturday brings, but last night, total point sparring match. Yeah, because even though the Seattle Kraken had more shots on goal than the Nashville Predators, uh, didn't really look like they really stepped on the gas either you know UC Saros made some big saves but it really wasn't like that kind of game it was just just like the you know Kraken swarming everywhere and yes. the Preds have to survive this yeah uh, there really weren't any just kind of big moments or anything like that maybe later in the third you know but but I agree uh my one word and is steamed cauliflower because I feel like let's go back to the days of being a kid. You know, you had your mashed potatoes, which are delicious. You had your roast beef right there in the middle. Uh, you're looking forward to that big dessert at the end of the night. But you can't have that dessert. Why? Because your mom steps in and is like, no, no, no. Not until you finish your plate first. And you look over the side of your plate and here's just a big old pile of steamed cauliflower. You know, you got to have your vegetables. You got to finish. So you're slogging through it. You see this dessert. For the Preds, that dessert is two points, uh, a big win that keeps them in the playoff hunt. But it just felt like watching this game was just like the kids thing, where you're just like picking up one piece of steamed cauliflower <laughs> and like, yes. Mm, like, oh, just like nibbling the end of it 
wanting to die and your mom's like there, there's there's three more periods worth of steamed <laughs> cauliflower you're not getting your dessert until you sit through that that's right yeah and then just when you think it's like okay i finished it's like great here's a like a five minute three on three version of another piece of cauliflower yeah it's just it felt like slogging through this game was just like being forced there to sit and eat your vegetable uh but you know what hey the preds did finish their steamed cauliflower they and did. they did get a critical point they got to overtime they got to the shootout and they pulled out another point so these are two big points for the nashville predators it just really felt like it was a slog trying to get through yeah it was it was Again, just not the most exciting game, but you look at kind of where we're at in the season. And these are the kind of games that I think across the board teams are just going to have a little bit more often because you're looking at players who are, you know, physically a little bit more exhausted. The Predators schedule, especially because, you know, they're making up some games. They've got games in hand. They're not going to have a lot of time to recover physically. There's the mental component of what this team has been through. So even though it was not glamorous, even though it really was steamed cauliflower, you know, you have to be pleased with the result because they slogged through. They ate their vegetables. They got their two points. And, you know, again, not a lot of big highlights to talk about, but big two points. And that matters. Yeah. Uh, there are two big reasons the Nashville Predators won. And I think they're the same two big reasons the Nashville Predators are still in this playoff hunt. We will talk about what those are in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by Indeed. When your business is starting its championship run, Nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team, which is something the Nashville Predators probably could have used over the past couple of seasons. Well, with Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. That's because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you can just use one powerful hiring partner that helps you do it all. They partner with you every step of the way through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Indeed Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply, apply right away. Uh, Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide and delivers four times more hires than all the jobs uh, sites combined. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post and indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through March 31st. Again, indeed.com slash locked on go there to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Need that website again, indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need indeed. All right, Anne, I feel like we would be remiss if we got too deep into this recap and didn't talk about UC Soros. Let's go. This man is, you know, like we said, uh, the, the Kraken didn't have like a bunch of just big swarming opportunities 
But that doesn't mean they didn't get some good chances on net that were stonewalled by number 74. Yes, I agree. You look at the stats from naturalstattrick.com, great site. And um, the Kraken had 13 high danger chances and UC Saros really handled them so well. And you have to remember the Seattle Kraken, this is a team that is so strong offensively. They average three and a half goals per game and UC Saros kept them to one goal. This is huge. This is how you win games like this down the stretch in the slog when you have somebody like UC Saros in net. You know, I was thinking as I was kind of watching back through and watching the recap, look, if I'm Willie Donick, just a little bit of business advice, but when it comes time to renegotiate your contract, ask to be paid per time you say, big save by Soros, yeah. save by Soros, because you are going to make so much more money if you get paid that way. Because even though, like you said, you know, the Kraken didn't generate a ton of shots on net, you see Soros is just so solid on net. What he was able to do against a highly offensive team, he wins games. This is a game won by UC Saros. I thought you were going to say, like, and ask Willie Donick to get one of those Philip Forsberg-type deals. Well, yeah. Just eight, eight years, eight and a half million. Just <laughs> he could make that much the way sports. Saros is playing. He could yeah. maybe make $8 million. Yeah, maybe shave the stubble into a little bit of a mustache there. Come on. I think we got something with Willie Donick here. I think we do. Yeah, well, when we when we talk to him at some point someday, yes. uh, we'll bring it up. Yep. Good advice. You know, in here's the thing about UC Saros, and you saw it firsthand in this game. He's the eraser. Yes. Like he is the eraser. And I think this is true for any really good goaltender in the NHL. If you have a good goaltender who has put up the stats over the last, you know, three years like UC Soros has, you're going to have a chance to win every single game. Uh, and that's something not a lot of teams can say. I mean, you know, you look and there's kind of this push, you know, to trade UC Soros. It's like, oh, you know what? He's just, you know, keeping, a, you know, making a bad team just mediocre. And, you know, we need to trade him to get a big return and kind of jet start this rebuild. Nobody really talks about the fact that wasn't Pekka for, you know, the first two, three years of his career kind of the same way. Yes. The Predators did not have a good team outside like two or three players, but they were in every game because Pekka was on that ice, absolutely stealing games left and right. Uh, and that is somebody that, look, the Predators are – Building, they're bringing new young players up. You have a player like UC Saros, and he looks as like you know he's going to have as much longevity as he does. Knock on wood. That's yeah. somebody that can really jumpstart your rebuild. Yeah, because all of a sudden you're not having to piece together a super team to be competitive. You can kind of ease your way into it, get some playoff experience for guys as you're building up and finding those players. He is just, I think, an important part of this team moving forward. And, you know, you, you saw it last night. I mean, he kept the Predators in this game when the Kraken had a lot of chances to score. And look, if, if the Predators do make a playoff run, like what, what's the one key 
to playoff runs. The the you know we we talked about it a little bit with you know Ian McLaren from the Bruins. The Bruins are like the best team in the NHL. Who was the one team he was scared of? The New York Rangers, and he said this because in the playoffs facing a really good goaltender yes. is the scariest thing for good teams. Yes. And I agree with, you know, you hear the argument and then I agree with, we could have gotten so much at the trade deadline had you traded UC Soros, but I'm with you. How much further back would that set this national predators reset to give up somebody that keeps you in games like UC Soros? He is so valuable. And I do want to give a shout out to John Glennon in the post game, because he asked the question that I have always wondered about I've always wondered when it comes to shootouts, what is UC Soros' reaction when he knows a game is going to a shootout? Because I'm like, are goaltenders like shootout? Yeah. Or are they like shootout? Seriously? And John Glennon asked UC Soros in the postgame, you know, hey, how do you feel about shootouts? Like, wh what's your what's your feeling when you realize a game goes to shootouts? And I thought it was so precious. You know, UC Soros just kind of gave a little smile and he says, yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's exciting. So I just try to make all the saves I can. And I thought, okay, very interesting because I've always wondered, you know, is it more stressful? Is it, um, does it change anything about the mental game? And UC Soros is like, no, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And I thought, well, if I'm UC Soros, I probably wouldn't mind it either. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's just playing so well. But I shout out to John Glennon for asking because I always, that's one of the things I'm curious about. Like, what is the mental transition when you're like, okay, went from playing in regulation and overtime. Now it's just me and one guy. Saros doesn't mind it. Doesn't mind it. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I would love somebody for that. To, like, we need more of those kind of players that just embrace big moments, right? Yeah. Yep. Love it. And, and Kevin Lakenin too. I think, you know, he's a guy that unfortunately his last time out didn't go too well, but he's a guy that this season has kind of embraced those big challenges. And, you know, the Preds have put him in some pretty big games and he's gone out and made some game changing plays. So, you know, the Predators have two goalies. Who knows? In another couple of years, maybe we find out there's three of those goalies amazing. in the organization. It's amazing. I want to give a shout out to another player that I think really was key in this. And this is not a player at the beginning of the season that I think we figured we'd be talking about at this point. But let's talk a little bit about Kiefer Sherwood, can we? Absolutely. Kiefer Sherwood knocked my socks off at training camp. You know, he was just one of those names on a roster, didn't think much of it, didn't pay much attention to him. And he really jumped out in the intra-squad scrimmages that they had. Like his play really was exceptional, made the team out of training camp, ended up back in Milwaukee. And he's one of those players that because of the way the season has gone for the Nashville Predators, he finds himself back in the NHL you know, playing big minutes in these games. Kiefer Sherwood had the most shots on goal last night. He had the second best expected goals for behind Cole Smith, who only took one shot. So I feel like that just doesn't quite count. But Kiefer Sherwood. It was one really good shot. It was one really good shot. And I thought Cole Smith had a great game defensively as well. But Kiefer Sherwood is really hungry. That's a word that John Hines has used repeatedly to talk about these young guys. This is a player who is hungry. 
and you're seeing it in big games. These moments aren't too big for Kiefer Sherwood because he's just really dialed in. I also think you have something magical in a line where you have Tommy Novak centering Kiefer Sherwood and Luke Evangelista. And what that sentence to say, but yes, again, did we think that's something we'd be talking about when the season started? No, you know, but these three players have really done something amazing with the opportunity they're given. And, you know, John Hines has talked about this line combination. You have these two highly skilled playmakers and finishers in Evangelista and Novak. But what Kiefer Sherwood brings and what we saw yesterday is that this is a young player who is very physicality minded. He plays really hard against the boards. He has great speed and he sees the openings. He sees the opportunities and he's not afraid of the moment. And it's great to see these young players and in Luke Evangelista and Tommy Novak, you're seeing this too. These big opportunities are not overwhelming these young players. So yeah. shout out to Kiefer Sherwood, especially, but also these young players who are embracing an opportunity, but not letting it get the best of them. And there's a bigger point to that too. And I want to jump in on that in just uh, a second, because I think it highlights, remember I said, there's two reasons the Nashville Predators are where they are. There's another one. And we'll get to that in just one second. First, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. Look, the tournament is heating up. I know Tennessee fans are a little frustrated about how some things may have gone in the last 24 hours, but you can still get in on all the good basketball action at FanDuel. It is America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So just go to FanDuel.com locked on and you can sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net at the end of this tournament. And it's all on an app that is safe, secure, and it is super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And you mentioned Kiefer Sherwood as a guy that stepped up. And that got me thinking, what do all good hockey teams have in common? Depth. Yeah. They have people that step up. Uh, you know, when people talk about, oh, this team's been injured, this team's been hurt, it's been tough. Uh, you know, you always hear like the, the snarky internet clap back. Oh, well, that's something, you know, every team has to deal with injuries and blah, 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 blah. That's true. So how do you separate the good teams, the teams that thrive, the teams that deal with adversity well versus the teams that, you know, one or two people get hurt. They lose one or two guys and they just sink. Yes. It's players that step up, players that have that next man up mentality. And say what you will about the Nashville Predators. Say what you will about the quality of players in this team. John Hines, the way he's, you know, the way his strategy works, uh, the, the, the players that David Poyle has brought in. Say what you will about that. 
But one thing that I have been impressed with for the Nashville Predators, especially the second half of this season, is that whenever somebody has gone down, either with injury or have been traded, the people that have come up to fill that void have thrived. Yeah. And you look at it, you know, the the Predators lose, you know, some pretty key guys. You know, they lose Philip Forsberg and we're like, you know, they lose Ryan Johansson. We're like, oh, there's there's the scoring right there. And you have Tommy Novak on this absolute heater. You have Phil Tomasino stepping up uh, and absolutely taking his game to a new level. You have uh, Kiefer Sherwood with nine points in 20 games. You have Luke Evangelista, who uh, I think it's I think it's nine points in 11 games, which I think is some kind of scoring pace record mm-hmm. for Predator in like his first 10 games or something like that. So you have all these new players stepping up. And as you mentioned, even some veteran journey guys too. You have Kiefer Sherwood, who, you know, was kind of a surprise when he made the team, even though he had a good camp. You know, he got sent down to Milwaukee. We thought that was the last we ever see of Kiefer Sherwood. He stepped up and he is playing some really good hockey. You know, you you have some veteran guys too, you know, guys like Cole Smith, who I think has elevated his game. I know yeah. that's that sentence is gonna rub some people the wrong way, but but he has. Uh, and you know, there, there's, there's other players like Jeremy Lazan, who I, I think bears repeating, he's stepped up his game, uh, over the past couple of weeks, which is something really good to see. I think you can say the same thing, uh, about Dante Fabro had a couple of rough moments last night, but I think overall he's played very well since the deadline. Uh, even people like Jordan Gross who played last night or Kevin R- Gravel, yes. they've stepped in and the moment never really looked too big for them. And that's something that a winning team, a winning franchise, a winning organization has is that culture of we don't care who goes down with injury, no matter how big or small of a role they have on the team. Our expectation is that we're going to send somebody out there who we have faith in playing just as well or accomplishing the goal just as well. That's something I think the Nashville Predators have uh, instilled in this organization. And you're seeing it this season because the Predators absolutely needed playoffs aside, no matter how that ends up, the Predators needed some players to step up in a big way to at least make this, I, I guess, a productive end of season. And they absolutely have. So if say what you will about the Predators organization, where it stands right now, but this is absolutely something they deserve some credit for. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the word culture, because in talking to the players and in talking to John Hines after these games, that is something that we're hearing consistently from veterans and from youth. It is a culture in the locker room. It's a really healthy locker room. John Hines has said, you know, look, the veterans that are here that are remaining, you know, they've been through it. They've lost, you know, teammates. This team has taken on a very different look than the one that it had at the beginning of the season. But the culture is very healthy. All of the veterans that are on this team are 100% bought into what they're trying to do. You have these young players coming in. And there is a culture of support from the veterans 
There is a culture of we're hungry. Let's see what we can do. And I think that there is a health in the locker room that is spilling over onto the ice that's allowing these younger players to come in and not be overwhelmed by the moment and to feel like they're supported by the veterans and to feel like they are set up for success by the way that they're being coached. And again, I know people have, like you said, people have gripes about John Hines, but what is happening right now in the locker room with the Nashville Predators under such adversity is really encouraging as you look forward because they have established from this new transition a really healthy culture in the locker room that's reaping success for these younger players, but also for these veterans too. So good things are happening in Nashville. Good things are happening in that locker room. And I think that whether people like it or not, John Hines deserves some credit for that. And you know, this reminds me, Anne, of that 2017 playoffs to the Stanley Cup yeah. Finals where the Preds kept winning despite, you know, half the team going down with injury. I mean, they played a couple of those games in, in Anaheim without, you know, with, you know, Colton Sissons yeah. on the first line and Pontus Auberg on the first <laughs> line. You know, do you just have these guys that step up and elevate their game and guys like Cody McLeod and Vern Fiddler coming Come into the lineup and scoring goals. And it's, it's just that kind of atmosphere. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a think piece in there somewhere. When you think of all the players have, who have gone down for the predators uh, and then the team starts playing really well after all these key players either are injured or hurt, uh, I'm sure that's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, but for now, and it, it's something I think you absolutely wanted to see the second half of the season again, without any care about what happens in terms of playoffs, yes. you wanted to see individual players step up in the moment with their chance, seize their chance and elevate their gains. And we're seeing it. I think that is something very positive for Preds fans to see. Yeah. Uh, can they do it again? They're going to have another chance against the exact same team. Uh, the second half of the Preds Kraken doubleheader is tomorrow at Bridgestone Arena. It is an afternoon game. And then, uh, hey, the Predators have another back-to-back after that. Weird scheduling. They take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, so it is going to be a big weekend of hockey at Nashville. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And... Where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening to us, whether it's on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, hit that subscribe button, won't you? That's going to do it for us on this week's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back Monday with all new episodes. See you then.